Today's edition of the Dream Machine Podcast is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Education. The USDOE has been bringing you low-cost and affordable student loans since, well, whenever student loans began. And now, today's edition of the Dream Machine Podcast with your co-hosts, Trenton Giddings and Thomas Mason. Welcome to this edition of the Dream Machine Podcast. I'm your host, Trenton Giddings. And quick quick Department of Education, who, who runs that joint? Uh, I believe that's Betsy DeVos, a who may also have some connection to your Orlando Magic. There you go, Betsy DeVos. A- and mind you, Betsy DeVos, not really someone you want to be associated with, because boy, is she clueless. Yeah. It's almost like as if she was running the Orlando Magic. She, she might as well be. Um, that's been a very mismanaged franchise for a long time. I can't really get into the politics of, of what Betsy DeVos actually does. I'm sure you could, but... At nothing. Betsy DeVos does basically nothing. She takes a lot of cool pictures I've seen. Yeah. Of, like, she, she's really, like, getting down on, like, get, getting dirty with, with education. Yeah. Like I guess she, that might have been the best words. She, <laughs> she goes to schools and just kind of, like, poses for photo ops and, like, redoes her office. And occasionally Donald Trump calls her and asks what's going on and... She doesn't know. And she refers and he him to care. someone. Yeah. <laughs> to someone someone that works very hard in her office that gets not enough credit. Yeah. I mean, she basically refers Donald Trump to whoever is actually doing her job. Yeah. That's got to be the dream is just have people doing your job and you're just the figurehead of it all. I, yeah, That's what ex- Trump does. Yeah. Well, I, except I feel like we don't actually want those people in the in in government because then nobody's actually doing their job. I guess there's pluses and minuses to everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice if you're in that position, but for the rest of us, it really sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes complete sense. But to have the big office, to be able to, like, have, like, a secretary that you phone in to, like, go grab, like, a frozen yogurt or something, and then, like, move, cancel. I, I, I just want the feeling of canceling all my meetings. Clear my schedule. Yeah, you just want to be able to say, clear my schedule. Clear my schedule. Clear my schedule for tomorrow. Going golfing. Yeah, it's like the Family Guy episode where, where Peter's like, you know, that, that fart I had for three, move it up to now. <laughs> Basically. Okay, speaking of not doing their job, the Cleveland Cavaliers are not doing their job. <laughs> Great transition. Trent, hot take. Are the Cavs done? The Cavs are absolutely done. My hot take a couple weeks ago was that the Cavs are going to make the finals, but I'm changing it. I am changing it on a whim. I'm all emotion. Sunday afternoon was one of the greatest Sunday afternoons of my entire life. Um, That's because he's a Bucks fan. Yeah. I mean, you have the Super Bowl in 2003. You have beaten the Philadelphia Eagles in 2006 on a 62-yard field goal. And you have the Cleveland Cavaliers getting downed by Victor Oladipo, getting downed by Lance Stevenson. It's been a tough last 12 years for you. Yeah. Oladipo was killing, killing the start at half court run up and take a three. He was knocking that thing down over and over again, and the Cavaliers did not know how to stop it. Oladipo's a really good player, and he, he's kind of not to harp on Russell Westbrook like Skip harps on LeBron, but his lack of success in OKC is, is one of the reasons I, I really don't like Russell Westbrook. I mean, how can somebody go from he was really good in Orlando on bad teams, mm-hmm. and now he's like top 15 in the league caliber in – Indiana on some solid teams and he is the guy he's the clear guy yeah he he definitely is um and he's got a he's got a good team around him of guys that are good but aren't ball dominant 
and he's not Super Bowl dominant either. So I think that it just works as, as a good flow. Indiana really plays good Indiana-type basketball. They really represent their state well of how they yeah, play. Yeah, they're straight out of Hoosiers. Yeah, which they love wearing those jerseys. I wouldn't be surprised to see him wearing them tonight. I don't, I don't think they love – I think the NBA just loves the Hickory jerseys. Yeah, I, I, something like that. I think it's actually the reason Paul George left is because they had to wear those – like not again, not again. Like are we wearing once these? every third game? Yeah, it, it, it's it's like the Chargers powder blue, except those are actually like pretty cool. Yeah, and those are actually like look like their regular uniform. It's not like if the Steelers wore the bumble. It's like if the Steelers wore the bumblebees four games a season. Yeah, it, it, it's it's mind blowing. There's another team that keeps wearing their their throwbacks that I can't can't remember. Yeah, we'll 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 move on till it pops in my head. So I mean, I'm gonna go against you. I, the Cavs aren't done. I, I am moving towards the panic button though. Cavs lose tonight, I'm hitting it. Okay. But I, I am moving towards the panic button. I was really expecting just a kind of a dominant game. Uh, but now, granted, this is a better team than most Cavs team. Like the last three years, the Cavs have faced in the first round by by far. Right. This is the best the East has been in f- five or six years. And it's also on a combination. This is the worst that Cavs have been in a while. Yeah, so it's 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 both of those things going on. Uh, I also hot take inter series like no intra within the series firing of Tyloo. Has that ever happened before? I don't think I don't think so. I'm not actually even sure if it's allowed to happen, but I feel like Dan Gilbert would do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's that's he, a, that's that's bold. Who he just done it, Larry Drew. Just keep moving down the bench. Yeah, who whoever. Yeah. Let's just officially name LeBron the coach. Let's let's just do that. Or you have Kendrick Perkins there. Let's make him the coach. Uh, um, Tyloo just makes some idiotic decisions with lineups. So 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 break that down for me. What 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 decisions has he made that that you don't? Like? He did change his lineup today. His starting lineup will not include Jeff Green and Rodney Hood. Instead, it'll include Kyle Korver and Jr. Well, he's. He's done this all season, but he loves to play LeBron and Jeff Green together. And I get offensively, Jeff Green's one of your five best players. Mm-hmm. And in the playoffs, LeBron's going to play 40 minutes plus. But you just can't – they don't mesh well together. They both are ball dominant. And, like, Jeff Green – Jeff Green isn't scoring from the block. Mm-hmm. Jeff Green's not a good defender because he can't – he can guard the Jeff Greens of the world. He can't really guard anyone else. He can't guard guys who are bigger than him, so he can't play the five. And he can't guard guards, cause, so he can't play the three. So he has to play the four. And it's not like the Cavs have a Rudy Gobert to throw out there with him. And then on top of that, he can't shoot. Right. He's a 29% three-point shooter who loves to shoot threes. And so when LeBron's dominating the ball you got Jeff Green standing in the corner and his guy's sagging way off. Yeah, because nobody's terrified of the Jeff Green no, corner three. you want Jeff Green to shoot corner threes. I mean, that's if I'm game planning against the Cavs, that's what I want. That's like It's like making Draymond shoot, only it's a lesser player. So you can't play those two together. You, and you've got to play guys who can play defense. I mean, you've got to play Larry Nance more. Even if he isn't a huge threat offensively, him at the five is just a really good situation for the Cavs. Because then when he's with LeBron, you can play Kevin Love at the four and Larry Nance at the five, and you have your one non-shooter, and then you have your guys who can 
uh, you're Kevin Love, who stretches the floor, and you get a little bit of interior defense out of Larry Nance. Right. Because Kevin Love probably guarding the five there. Larry Nance can guard the four much better than either Jeff Green or Kevin Love. Now, speaking of Cavaliers bigs, what has happened to Tristan Thompson? Why are we not seeing him out there? Uh, well, Miss Stephanie got to him, for one. Okay. Uh, so we can just blame this whole season on Miss Stephanie. <laughs> uh, also, I, I think his... I can't see that being a I think he might reason, have though. some lower back problems, just based on recent evidence. He does have, always kind of have a hunch on him, I've, I've noticed. No, I think he might just have something tugging so hard on his, like, pelvic area that it's just pulling his lower back out of alignment so based on based on the (laughs) miss stephanie files i think i'm going to conclude that (laughs) tristan thompson has a lower back injury but no tristan thompson hasn't been the same since his knee injury and now how can you be focused on number one how could you be focused when you were with a kardashian in the first place that that was always the question right but then now that this has happened again can you imagine what like the backlash from the Kardashian family is on him, which he hundred percent deserves? Yeah, but the Kardashian this is this is nothing for the Kardashian family. No, this, this is this is standard operation. They this actually is routine. they actually want this. This is another reality show. Yeah, this is, the, keeping up with the Kardashians probably got a gigantic rating. Chris Jenner, when she heard her daughter got cheated on, probably cheered. <laughs> this is similar to selling Kim's sex tape to make them famous in the first place. Uh, yeah, it, it, I definitely can see that. To our listeners, if you can't tell, I just can't stand the Kardashians. They're not, they're not famous for any good reason. It, it, it is what it is. Tristan Thompson booed by the Cavaliers fans as he came in, so Cleveland also swindled by this. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like Tristan used up a lot of his goodwill on that five-year $80 million deal. Yeah. Because Tristan was one of the more beloved Cavs players. I mean, because his... He's like 27 now. He, when he, he was, was on the bad teams. But when he was 19 to 24, he played in every single – he played in like 400 games in a row on some terrible teams. Right. And huh. and he was key that first – I mean, the first championship run, he was really key. And even into the – even well, He was a matchup they, nightmare for Golden they, State. Year they won. I mean, he was key because he could guard on the perimeter. But ever since his knee injury, he hasn't been the same. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's – a guy like him, once his body goes, he doesn't have the game to. Now, what blows my mind out of the Cavaliers um, is the fact that Jose Calderon is play plays like a lot of minutes on that team. He's I good. feel like I feel like he's been out of the league for five different times, and he just keeps popping up somewhere. Well, he he got cut by the Warriors last season, if you remember, like right before the playoffs. Okay, yeah, like he was he was on the their bench, and then I can't remember he he's been a bunch of different places, but he is still. He's actually a perfect – he's like a – he's almost like Delhi. He's like a less Australian version of Delhi. <laughs> so, I mean, he he makes open threes. He never – always makes the right play, and he he's not a great defender, but he plays hard mm-hmm. on defense, which counts for a lot. Right. And he gets them into their offense, which if there's anything that's been shown, it's when they don't have George Hill or – Calderon on the court, they really struggle. Right. Because, I mean, these days, LeBron is not taking the ball downhill 100%. Of, like, that used to be, oh, we'll just put LeBron, have LeBron run the point, mm-hmm. and we'll just go five out, and he'll just, I mean, he'll just take the ball to the rack every single time. But it's not quite the same anymore. 
No. And going back to your Jeff Green point, I, I play a lot of 2K. Um, and I always kind of use Jeff Green as the LeBron replacement. So you got to take LeBron out, get that energy from 60 to like 75, 80. You put Jeff Green in, and you kind of can do the same things that you do with LeBron with Jeff Green. It's just a poor man's version of it. Um, now, I have heard Kyle Korver is hurt. I wasn't completely aware of that, but Jake told me Kyle Korver's hurt. Does Jake have Jake's have the inside scoop on that one? Ah, he must. But here's, I mean, I would. I think the Cavs' best lineup is Larry Nance, Kevin Love, LeBron, and then either when he's healthy, I'd like to see Kyle Korver in the first group with George Hill. Mm-hmm. But uh, if not, Rodney Hood. But if you have Korver in the first group, you bring. Clarkson, Calderon, and Hood off the bench. That's not bad. And then spell spell LeBron with Jeff Green occasionally. And then use I mean you use Tristan Thompson as needed against Biggs. And I really think that's all you play. I don't think you play J.R. Smith. Because there's just not the minutes for him. And I mean, you gotta play Clarkson off the ball. You can't play Clarkson on the ball because He's just not – that's when he's really inefficient. Mm-hmm. And that's been the case for his whole career. He's not a combo guard. He's a two guard who just is a streaky shooter. Right. And that's um, – on the, on the other end, Lance Stevenson. Where, where, where is he going to fall in this series? He is the X factor. He, he is the heart of the Indiana Pacers. They live and die by Lance, which – you got to respect. At some point, he's got to break through. Am I am I right or what? I I, I think he's going to kind of get his back broken. You think? I, I I don't think I don't think Lance Stevenson at thirty, however many he's got to be in his mid thirties at this point, mm-hmm. has quite has quite it anymore. And granted, you got to Lance Stevenson was never the LeBron stopper. He was just the LeBron troll. <laughs> He he had some good moments though against uh, against the Miami teams. Yeah, but yeah, he, he's he, a good defender. How well sort of known like, is he if he doesn't blow on LeBron? Who knows? Sort of like Iguodala. Iguodala is a good defender. Iguodala is the LeBron stopper. If I had to, if I had to make my he list, he was the LeBron stopper in one finals where LeBron had to go one on three against him and two other guys every single time. So if I had to rank my LeBron stoppers of all time, I'd go um, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala. Jay Crowder? Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was never a LeBron stopper. Jay Crowder. He was just a guy who matched up with LeBron who couldn't guard him. He, he guarded him well. Jay Crowder. Um, I'm going to go... Again, when, when, in the Miami games... Uh, Tony Snell. Nah, I'm just I'm just playing. Tony Snell. <laughs> Tony Snell would have been a rookie on the last Bulls team that played the Heat team. Yeah. Anyway, there there's been some Rip Hamilton, a young young Rip Hamilton, Lance Stevenson, obviously. It was Tejon, Tejon Prince. Tejon Prince, was who guarded LeBron on those Pistons teams. Uh, Stevenson, Deshaun Stevenson, on the Wiz. Right. Back in the day, that was that was a good one. That was also a, a LeBron troll. Sean well. Marion, Sean Marion on the, the that Dallas team that that ended up beating them in 2011. One yeah. of my greatest greatest sports moments. Yeah, that. Uh, see, there's that list of guys who 
had a couple good runs against LeBron. Mm-hmm. A couple, probably max. But then there's a list of guys who are supposed to be LeBron stoppers and just never, like Damari Carroll. Yeah. Damari yeah. Carroll was j- just always, oh, this guy, this guy's a LeBron stopper. He's big. He's physical. No. And then they just never. Jay Crowder's the same way. I don't know why you think Jay Crowder was. Jay Crowder is Damari Carroll. And Damari Carroll is Jay Crowder. Okay, except the only the only thing is Damari Carroll fell off the face of the earth when he went to Toronto. Like they thought they signed him to a big deal and thought, oh, we're getting this this guy who can not really guard LeBron, but he's a LeBron stopper. Right. And then he just completely deteriorated in like half a season. It is what it is. That Toronto team just never had a ton of ton of good luck against the Cavs. Hopefully they don't have to play him this year. Um so switching gears here. Uh, let's go out West. Let's talk about the Pelicans and the Blazers. Um, I am a newfound Pelicans fan. Um, the Pelicans are now my official team and they're up 2-0 against the Portland Trail Blazers. The only team to win a road game and they won two of them. Well, I guess Indiana, excuse me. Um, but they've won two of them so far. How serious are the Pelicans here? Um, A, can they beat the Blazers and B, can they make a run and actually win a couple games against the Warriors next round? They can beat the Blazers, especially if there's no – if Lillard and McCollum aren't putting up 60 a night. Yeah, I which mean, they haven't been spectacular in the first no. two games. They they've they definitely have some room for improvement. I mean, they haven't gotten any help, but you're right. They haven't been very good by their standards. Uh, I think the Pelicans are pretty serious. I mean, they're not going to beat the Warriors. It, now, if they had Boogie and AD, then you could – That'd be that's serious. That's a matchup nightmare. Because Drew Holiday, the oft-injured, always was going to be the second guy there, finally. Drew Holiday's breaking out of his shell. He's, he's done very well. well um, you've always, this is the max Drew Holiday will ever play. You've always heard like how he's like this big-time player. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Mike Conley, and he's always hurt. Right. But like these lineups they have on the court, it's just like all the guys nobody else wanted. Rondo. Like you got Drew Holiday, who's definitely a point guard playing the two. Mm-hmm. Rondo, who just like has been rejected by like six different teams since he played on the on the Celtics on the Celtics back in the glory days, four teams in four years for Rondo. Guys like Etwan Moore, Ian Clark, Ian Clark. There's another good one, Nikola Miritich. He oh, was that's good. right. Miritich is down there too. Yeah, Miritich. Also, Solomon Hill plays. So- Solomon Hill. There's another one. And then um, you just have the brow. And the brow is just so good when he's healthy. They also have Liggins. You remember him from the Cavs? DeAndre Liggins. Yeah. Real defensive guy. And n- not who you want shooting threes. And also, he doesn't play a whole lot, but Emeka Okafor is on the team. Second pick of the 2003? No, no, no. It's like five Four? or six. The one with Dwight Howard. Four was at LeBron, so it had been like 05, 06. It was second pick behind Dwight no, Howard. No, it's 2004. Okay, because LeBron was 2003. Yeah. Okay. Wow, time flies. Yeah, 2004 second pick of Mecca Okafor. Wow. But, yeah, it, it's it's kind of amazing. Like, somebody asked me, like, a year and a half ago, maybe we talked about it on this show, like, who's going to be the next great breakout, like, star? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be that guy to, like, assume the mantle when sort of take the torch from LeBron? And I think we've seen, like, everybody knew Kevin Durant was good at that point. This is before last year. Right. So before his research, 
well, not resurgence, just being healthy with Golden State. But, like, who's the next big thing coming up? And it, I said Anthony Davis. It's got to be Anthony Davis. He's so good when he's, he's healthy. He's unguardable. There, and, and, like, it's so tough to find big men that can move even with him. And he, 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 he really plays like a guard. He yeah, truly he, plays like a guard. He does. Except he's bigger than most people. He does. He he all does all aspects of offense well. Like he can run both parts of a pick and roll. He can be both the guard and the guy setting the screen. I mean, he they yeah, he it's it's on it's unbelievable what he what he can do on both ends. And he's great in their defensive scheme, like especially against the Blazers. Where the the Blazers are going to post him up with Nurkic inside a little bit, but then Nurkic can't guard him down the other end. Nurkic literally has no chance of guarding him down the other end. No, and, and, and they have to play Ed Davis, and Ed Davis really isn't an offensive threat, so he can go block shots and do all these other things. Or they, or what they'll do is they'll switch Nurkic, Nurkic onto uh, Miritich, and then they'll put Al Frucamino on onto Anthony Davis, which is just yeah. I mean, it's not a good matchup for either one because that means Nurkic has to go play outside on on Miritich. Which is just more of what he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Because Nurkic is just your classic center. Yeah, Nurkic wants to guard Drummond. Yeah. He, he, he wishes Boogie Cousins was playing. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Nobody wishes Boogie. That team with healthy Drew Holiday would be scary with Boogie. All right, next year. Boogie's looking like he's going to sign, re-sign. Pel- if you're interested in Pelicans tickets, you can call me at 813 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think they win this series, and they give the Warriors a decent series. I mean, they could take the Warriors to five or six games. Yeah, they can definitely steal a win. I mean, because the Warriors, to me— Who do the Warriors have to guard AD? Well, they, they don't have anyone. But, I mean, they're going to—just like they don't have anyone to guard LeBron. They're going to play— They're going to try to outscore them and, and I mean, win they're, on the out, they're uh, gonna, offensive end and yeah. control them enough. Yeah, I mean, that's—and the, the problem is, I mean, you saw— the playoffs two years ago, the first round series. Mm-hmm. Even Anthony Davis, as long as he is, him switching onto a guard like Steph Curry, not great, not a great matchup. I mean, it's they're switching one through five, and then they're switching one through five against the Warriors, right? But yeah, I I agree. I, I mean, who do the are the Warriors gonna have David West guard Anthony Davis? Well, the three options are West, Zaza, Dur- and is Dur- McGee. Is Durant going to guard? I mean, I guess I guess JaVel McGee is probably their best option because, I mean, Zaza is basically a dopier-looking version of Nurkic mm-hmm. who's less skilled. And then, I mean, but when push comes to shove, is is Draymond going to guard him? Is Durant going to guard him? I, I, I don't know. It, it should be it should be an interesting series yeah. um, to see how they match up and you, yeah you can definitely see New Orleans stealing one or two if you remember the first Golden State run they played New Orleans in the first round they ended up sweeping them but they had a, to win on a game winner in the last game because Anthony Davis absolutely took over that series although they couldn't win a game yeah and that was a much worse Pelicans that's, that's team that's the series I'm talking about yeah that was a Pelicans team with Omar Osik yeah as like like a key like he started at center. Yeah, that was that was bad. A bad Pelicans team that kind of limped their way, and because Anthony Davis was just that good. Um, so on that note, give me give me your quick playoff recap as far as where your predictions stand. You 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 holding tight or you got some changes? Uh, I'm holding tight. Okay. I mean the biggest 
the biggest I'm still holding on my Sixers Cavs uh, Eastern Conference Finals Eastern Conference Finals I think Embiid will be back for game four but I, I think the Sixers will win this series and the Raptors I mean oh you're beating the Wizards who are basically you just more dysfunctional mm-hmm I'm not impressed. I mean, you saw Gugor Tot yelling at John Wall and Bradley Beal just sticking his face into a towel. Right. I mean, that's basically the that's basically the the Wizards. I mean, that's yeah. They don't seem to truly like each other. I don't think anybody likes John Wall. I don't think anybody likes Gugor Tot either. I think there's kind of a. I, I honestly think they'd be better off just trading one, move a couple it, of those guys, moving John Wall. Moving the Polish hammer and just kind of moving on with you got some nice pieces like Bradley Beal and Otto Porter. Just kind of build build around them. Like move, you're gonna get John Wall's got a lot of value, especially mm-hmm. to a bad team with high draft picks. So th- there's that. It, it's not time for a full rebuild, but I think it's time to. And you think the piece to build around is is Bradley Beal on that team? I don't know. I don't know his and John Wall's personalities, but I. I think he's an seems easy, a lot more even keeled. An, I think he's an easier piece to build around than John Wall. Yeah, John Wall's kind of a, a dynamite type player. Like John Wall, are you really ever going to have a John Wall's a shoot first point guard who doesn't shoot that well? Mm-hmm. So are you ever going to have a, another real superstar with him? I don't know. It's, it's it's all interesting questions. So so who do you ever use your finals then? You're I'm sticking with uh, Warriors Cavs. Okay. I'm changing mine. So I had also Warriors Cavs. I'm taking the Cleveland Cavaliers out and I am inserting the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, first of all, because JJ Reddick's on the team. That, that's, that's a first and foremost. He has not played well in the first two games, JJ, which just means he's, he's, ready, he's ready for a, for a six for eight three point game um, in Miami. And I think the Sixers have all the pieces to just put it together real quick um, and, and beat LeBron. And it, there's not – obviously they're young, but there's not a time where the Cavs are going to be more vulnerable or Lawns going to be more vulnerable than this year. And I think this is the peak the Sixers can get because nobody's hurt. They got Fultz, they got Simmons, and they got Embiid all playing well um, if Embiid comes back and plays well. And they have the surrounding pieces around them in Redick, Dario Saric, Mario Melanelli, you got the TJ McConnell who can come in and score a quick eight points. They they just have a really freaking good team, and it's crazy to say, and it's just hilarious. I think that Sam Hinkie is just sitting there watching it all go down, um, his vision coming all the way through. But we'll see. Um, they got to get through Miami, and then they got to get through um, maybe Boston next that they'll have to play. I don't think Boston is going to be much of a challenge for them without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. I don't know. And then by that point, if they're going to be so hot that, yeah, it's, it'll be tough. It'll be six or seven games that series. But then they're going to be so hot coming into that Cavs series that that'll, that'll be one for the ages. And I think the thing with LeBron is this streak is so long. He's, it's not going to take like a quick jab to knock him down. It's going to take, take a 10-round body bath. Or, or bloodbath type of fight to knock out LeBron. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not going down easily. You got to beat him for four games, and if he's going to go down, it's going to be a war, and you got you got to cut his freaking head off. You you can't just l- lightly go in there, and you're not going to sweep him, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
because LeBron's going to have his moments. He's going to go for 50 or 60 or whatever he needs to do to get a couple wins. Um, but at the end of the day, we'll see if he can actually bring it in and win. Your take uh, on the Sixers. I mean, I, I think the Sixers are good. I don't think they're quite there yet. It's it's very – I mean, other than the that, – that'd be 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder. No, 2011 Oklahoma City Thunder. No, the 2011-2012 Oklahoma City Thunder. Other than that team, you very rarely see young superstars make it to the make it make the finals. There's a lot of similarities with those two teams, though. There is, but ah, three man. three. It's it's superstars. Tough for me to say that Markel Fultz is going to be as good as a James Harden or Russell Westbrook. Okay, that's fair. But it's also tough for me to say that Ben Simmons is ever going to be as good as either one of those two guys without being able to shoot. Right, but I think he's better than Durant at at being a facilitator, and I think he's he's just a, a great cog on the team, and he's got a good team around him to fill in the pieces of what he can't do. I mean, I, I think it's a good team. On another note... How about uh, Markel Fultz getting interviewed about Joel Embiid saying he's sick and tired of being effing babied on, on Instagram? First time I've ever seen Markel Fultz interviewed about something other than his shot, Shoot. and I don't think he's ever been as excited. I, I didn't see this. It was on ESPN. It was, he was being interviewed about Joel Embiid, and it... He was just pumped? Well, number one, he looks like he's 16, which yeah. I did not realize, but... He was just like you could just kind of see like he was just really enjoying like being interviewed about something other than his own shortcomings. <laughs> and it's tough to feel bad for a millionaire superstar athlete, but I I did feel bad He's for Mark. Really, Fultz. really had a tough go at it. it it's got to be tough having the number one pick pressure on you. But and, it's and also being that young. He's come back and played like he's not. He can't really shoot, so he's not done anything spectacular. But like. He's been all, he's shown like the flashes. And like, you got to remember, he was like a 40 plus percent three point shooter in college. Yeah. yeah. So you can imagine, like, I mean, since nobody ever actually saw him play at Washington. Right. I saw, I saw his one game against UCLA. He must have been pretty good. I mean, (laughs) and and his game against UCLA, um, he was not the best guard on the court. But but anyway, yeah, he, he, he routinely would have a lot of points and they'd still lose, which troubled a lot of people, but I guess enough for, for the Sixers to pick him. It was trouble people about Josh Allen, so. And we'll see. Our draft draft dream machine episode coming up here pretty coming quickly. Coming up soon. So just a little little sneak peek there for you. Here you go. Anything else that you wanna you wanna address, Thomas, before we sign off? Anything that's weighing on you? Uh we have any Tim Tebow news? Not that I know. Do you oh. have any? Oh, I saw him labeled. I didn't realize he was a first-round pick. Tebow or? Tebow. Yeah. He was like the 25th overall pick in the draft. In the MLB uh, draft? No, 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 no. NFL. 22. 22, okay. 22. Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Up. Well, I saw him labeled as a bust today. I don't, <laughs> I do, I don't appreciate the labeling of Tim Tebow as a bust uh, because he was never actually given a chance. He never was. And guess what? I I think people have said this before. He won a playoff game by himself. I I remember I was watching. He won a playoff game. It's still one of the most unbelievable stigmas of of someone that I've ever seen is the fact that he won a playoff game in the next year was the starting punt protector for the New York Jets. 
essentially he won a playoff game and then was his career as a quarterback was over. Well, what hap- basically what happened was the Broncos were probably the only team that believed in him as a quarterback. But then they got the Peyton Manning swindle, which you can't blame them for going to get Peyton Manning. And then that was that. That was the end of it. That was the end of Tim Tebow. Uh, if only John Elway knew what he was doing before he cut him. I only. mean, I wish. I, couldn't we have Oh, had, no, they traded him. They traded they him. Tra- yeah. Couldn't we have had. For a second round pick. Tim Tebow sit behind Peyton Manning? We could have. Tim Tebow makes imagine, any 53 man roster better. Imagine how. Yeah. Even if he's the team chaplain. <laughs> That's because Tim Tebow makes every 53-man roster a 54-man roster. And on that note, Dream Machine out.